You are listening to Your Universe Reset. Unlocking your life during the lockdown. All right, so this is Kenny, and just a real quick note before we get into this podcast, Jacqueline had a number of things that she wanted to talk about, but in the interest of time, what we've done for this podcast, we split it into two parts, and so the first part, we're going to be talking about uh, responsibility and blame, and the next part will be actually put into the next podcast, and that's going to be all about life cycles, so stay tuned for our next podcast. Well, we are back and we're excited to be chatting again whenever I talk with Jacqueline. I always feel better afterwards, even during this lockdown, even during this pandemic. And Jacqueline, when I messaged you, you said you had some topics that you wanted to talk about, and I don't know what they are. Yeah, I had a few things in. I, I don't know. They're kind of, they're all a little bit separate. Everything's connected, but they're all a little bit separate. Um, but I've been feeling a big pull to talk about responsibility versus blame and guilt. Okay. Because I think people, I think we're hitting an apex of, of people having had enough time to really get into their thoughts about themselves. Um, I think we're at a point where a lot of parents are at a huge stress point because they've been, you know, um, transitioned to working at home and also raising their kids and doing online learning. Um, which just means they have three full-time jobs <laughs> yeah. every day and they're going to bed crying and losing it. You know, so I just think we're at a place where, you know, it's not a, it's not a sustainable way to live. Right. And um, you know, and people are just starting to realize also too, like, you know, we're, <laughs> you know, people will have a hard time transitioning back to work. Like when all this is over also we're, you know, we we're going to come back and go, Oh my God, I quite didn't realize how enslaved I was <laughs> mm. to my job until I had this massive space from it. Um, and now I want to look at things differently. Um, but I think as people have just had time to sit in themselves, sit in their lives for what their lives really are, um, they're starting to see ways that they, they sort of didn't live up personal responsibilities or responsibilities to, to family or their potential or their purpose or their work. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of people seeming to like, they're, they're breaking under the weight of themselves and their own guilt and the ways that they're, they're blaming themselves. Um, and also what concerns me too is the way people are not taking responsibility for themselves. And to give you an example of that, um, I, I'm, I watch, uh, not watch, I follow um, someone on Facebook who does like these funny like parent memes, like, you know, that, that's what I've known her to post. So that's why I was following her. And I don't know if it's just lately she's been posting um, more stuff about her family or if she always did. And I'm only noticing cause I'm a little more on Facebook now. Um, but I noticed she'll like post really intimate stuff about her kid with pictures of her kid about like, just, you know, his problems and the problems she's having with him. And like, I'm kind of, I'm looking at it going, Oh, this kid's going to hate you when he's older. <laughs> and he realizes wow. what you've done. Um, and you know, I don't know if that's right or wrong. Cause I mean, maybe she's just trying to show people that everyone, lives is hard and it's hard to parent and you're not alone because a lot of people seem to respond really well to not feeling alone in those things um the other side of me is like I kind of feel like you're punning your kid onto the internet and that's a little creepy for me um but she had posted recently that she had taken her kid like her kid had just run her ragged that day like she she was literally just exhausted crying losing it she just like he didn't listen all day he like he he just wouldn't listen to anything like just nothing at all like he just wasn't taking her on he wasn't listening and it just drove her to absolute tears um and somebody said well you know it's it's kind of okay if um 
if he sees you cry because you know it might show him how much he's doing she's like no he has no empathy when i cry he doesn't care at all wow and, and somebody else posted underneath he's like well you know you didn't teach your kid to be respectful and now you're having to to deal with that and now you're gonna have to show him tough love um because that's just the route you're gonna have to go you're gonna have to take stuff away you're gonna have to whatever and underneath she had replied and said excuse me I didn't teach my kid respect. That's incorrect. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, <laughs> well, no, he, he doesn't listen. He, he's running around town. You know what I mean? He's, he's done nothing you've asked of him all day. He's not trying to help you. He's not respecting you clearly. He's driven you to tears and he doesn't even care. I hate to break it to you. You did not raise a respectful child. I'm sure he's a sweet kid when he feels like being sweet but you didn't raise a respectful kid because a respectful kid would listen and help you out and be part of the team. Right? Like they wouldn't drive you to madness and tears. Right? <laughs> like, so I'm also worried that in a world where we're so afraid to guilt people who are having a hard time, that people are also just not taking responsibility for themselves. That's right? interesting. So, yeah. And so it's like, even when you're going through this really hard time, it just means you have more responsibility and yes, it's yours. And yes, you're going to have to figure it out, but you don't get to shirk it by either feeling guilty or by just pretending it's not there. Like the, the illusion of that is, is actually more scary than you breaking down because you're stressed. Well, ultimately, you know, if you pretend it's not there or you try to cover it up, it's just going to get bigger and manifest more. And, and mm -hmm. we know that. And so, mm -hmm. uh, I know this is, it's, it's an easy and also a hard question to answer, but once we are aware of that, what's the next step? Well, I mean, there's so, so, so many resources for parenting. Mm -hmm. Like there's just so many, like you can Google it and there's a billion of them, you know? And, and so it's sort of like, everything's going to work differently. Cause depending on where your kid is at, like there's no one size fits all answer. Like the level of issue or trouble that you're having now with your kid is going to dictate what you need to do from there because it's you know if it's just a little bit it's it's you know there's one way if it's a lot it's another if you know they're setting the house on fire that's a whole other gig right um so i would do research like we like when we do anything we research it we go to school to study the jobs we do we take driving lessons like we do everything if you're not studying parenting well, like, we, do, you, do you really want to go in blind? <laughs> yeah, it you seems know? like this is the most important thing you're ever going to do. You don't just kind of want to feel your way yeah. along, you know? Yeah, exactly. You're not going to know just what to do. Like, it, it doesn't work like that. Like, I conscious, very, like, parent, sorry, I parented very, very consciously. It's exhausting. That does not mean I did it perfectly by any stretch of the imagination. Um but I didn't have a lot of trouble with my kid because I did that on purpose. And I got to see the two sides of my kid that I could have had. Cause when I sent her off to my parents' house on the weekends, cause I was a single mom. So I used to work on weekends. Um, so I'd send her off Friday night and get this entirely different child back on Sunday because they didn't have any of the rules I had. If she whined, she got stuff. If she cried, if she told stories, if she, you know, I would literally get back an entirely different kid. So I could see how the nurture really dictated her behavior right? It was a very, very black and white scenario of the kid I could have and the kid that she could also be alternatively. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's not just like the, the rearing of your child is, is ma like massively important, just super, super important. 
Um, and I saw this thing on Facebook the other day, it just came up on my feed and uh, it was an exercise called Step Inside the Circle. And so they went to a penitentiary and they had all of these um, convicted criminals stand in a very, like I think it was like 200 or 200 plus um, convicted criminals standing in a circle. And there was a, I believe she was a therapist in the middle and she was asking questions. Um, and if the answer to the question was yes, they were to take one step inside the circle. And so the questions were things like, you know, if you ever had a parent um, that um, verbally abused you or made you feel bad about yourself, step inside the circle. If you ever had a parent that um, hit you or attacked you physically, step inside the circle. If you ever had um, a family that was not there for you or what, and she would just ask a series of questions and the circle just gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And what you see is, you know, 99.9% .9 of these convicts have the same background. Wow. Right? Yeah, and it was pretty striking. And, um, but that's what you see when you have, because we all have trauma as children, um, ranging in from varying degrees. Um, and it can be anything from, you know, mommy didn't love you, daddy didn't hug you enough to, um, um, was it to absolute abuse and just, you know, complete abandonment and all sorts of things. Um, the things that happen to you and the things that shape you. Well, and I think the other uh, notable mention is that there's tons of trauma with people who have seemingly nice families as well. I had a very nice family. I still have abandonment issues. I learned from a very young age that the men in your life can love you and still leave you, right? That, that shaped the way I thought about myself, right? So it's not just people are bad. Like no one in my family was ever bad to me or mean to me or anything like that. But there's just certain things that happen throughout your life that shape the way you think. So when you come through it, at the other end, you're going you're gonna to have some level of trauma coming into your adulthood. It's inevitable. It will happen. Even if you've got the best parents in the world, they're going to do something to you. You're going to have some sort of pathology. Um, it's not your fault it happened, but it is your fault. Like, not your fault. It's, it's your responsibility to deal with it because you're the only one who can. There's nobody there to do it for you. There's nobody there to help. Like, you know, you can find help for it. You can do things like that, but no one's going to do it for you. And if you don't deal with your own pathology, you 100% will pass it along to your children. And they will grow up not only with that pathology, but then with the added trauma of whatever else you've then added to it. So it's really important to break the cycle of whatever your past familial trauma traumas are, so that when you're coming in, um, <laughs> there was a, what was that movie? The, the Extraordinary Life of Timothy Green. No, I'm saying it all wrong. It was like a little boy who had leaves growing out of him. I can't remember. Oh my goodness. Called. I can't remember that. I, actually, I, I never saw it, but I remember. Uh, it really, it was a really cute story. And at cute. the end, um, they're trying to adopt um, another child. And they said, well, what would you do differently? And they said, we'd make new mistakes. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we would make all new mistakes. Right. And, and that's where you want to get to. It's like you figure out what the old mistakes are, deal with that, and then go make new ones. Right. Like, I don't want. I, I'm okay that I'm making mistakes with my daughter because I'm going to. What I want to know is that when she goes and makes mistakes with her kids, that they're new mistakes, that they're not the mistakes I made, that they're not the mistakes my mother made or my grandmother or my great-grandmother all the way back, right? Because what is it? The sins of the father go seven generations. That's true when you Something talk like about pathology, right? So it just gets passed along subconsciously and it goes down the line. So it's really important, like I spent a great deal of my adulthood um, breaking the chain. Um, because it's a big responsibility. It's the biggest. It's the biggest it thing you'll do. It's, and it's very easy to just 
to not realize what the profound effect that it actually, it's a very meaningful effect, not only on your life, not only on your child's life, but if you believe in the butterfly effect, or even whether if you don't believe in the butterfly effect, it, it, it's a profound effect on the entire planet for mm-hmm. everyone. So yeah. it's worth doing. If you love yourself enough, if you love the universe enough, if you love the world enough, it's worth doing. And you got to think about it that way. And I think where a lot of people get stuck is they don't want to admit the mistakes because then they feel guilty for having made them. And that is just a bottomless pit. And so I think what people need to know is that the biggest difference between responsibility and blame, because I think in our average lives, we think that we know the difference, but in practice, most of us don't treat them any differently. Um, Responsibility is something that gives you the power to change things. Blame is something you choose when you desire to feel bad about yourself over something you could fix, but you're going to choose not to. (laughs) You're going to choose to just feel bad about it instead. Like blame is a very, very useless, useless emotion. And it's not to say that you won't feel bad. Like when you realize you've made a mistake, you're going to feel bad about that. But if that feeling bad is not the impetus for change, then it's just a wasted moment. Like you're just feeling bad to feel bad. And like I, I always said, when, you're, when you become a mother, you give birth to this world of guilt you didn't know could exist because mm-hmm. you're just so guilty about like everything you do. <laughs> and you just, it's like, uh, I always say too, like if you're not prepared to fail, don't be a parent. Like you have to, you have to get real comfortable with failure on a moment to moment daily basis with another human life right? Like, cause it's an uncomfortable place to be when you know that you're, you're, you're the soul, <laughs> you're, you're in soul control. There's like, you know, this tiny little person who's, who's got to become their own person. It's very, very scary. But, um, so like when I realized that I'm doing something wrong with my kid, we were actually talking about, we went for a walk the other day and we actually mentioned this like just two days ago. And she was talking about how, um, when, I was, uh, I, the difference between her junior high year to her high school year, because on her junior high year, I was like really riding her on her grades and her schoolwork and all this stuff and giving her a hard time about it. Um, and then when I just loosened up and just didn't do anything, she became this total nerd and everything was cool and everything was, and that was a, that was a purposeful conversation that we had when I realized that it was, you know, I, I was causing all the stress. It wasn't school. I was causing the stress. Uh, and I had this moment of, oh my God, I'm mucking this up. I am, I've totally screwed this up. I am just doing what my parents did. Um, I have this feeling like how well she does is some reflection of how good I am as a mother and like all these really subconscious thoughts. I wasn't doing any of it purposefully. It was just coming out of me because that, that's what I had had. And I sat there and I went, I am messing this up. I have, I have really messed up. I have messed with her emotions. I've messed with her school year. I have messed with all of these things. Um, I have to course correct immediately. But like, and then I, you know, at some point after that, and then I did, I went in, I said, listen, this is about you. You need to feel good about the things you're doing. You, I, you know, I talked about her future. I said, the school is important for these reasons. And like, this is your future. You have to care. It's not about me caring. It's not about you doing what I want you to do. It's not about proving something to me. Like you just need to do this for yourself. Um, and if you don't, you're the only one who suffers, right? Like it won't be me. It won't be my life. Don't say no to this because you're just trying to rebel. That's going to be silly. So we just had a big conversation about it. And then I just let it go. And she made her own life choices because oftentimes all you have to do is leave kids to make their own choice and they'll make the right one as long as you're coming from the right place. Um, But I went later and felt bad about that for a real long time, but I just felt bad about it to myself. What I did outwardly was I course corrected and I fixed it. 
because that's what you have to do. Right. So I felt bad Absolutely. about it for a little while, but then once she got good at it again and whatever, and she was doing it for herself, that was just a better um, motivation. And so then you just feel 10 times better about it after. Yeah. You know, so it, it's very easy, you know, when you realize, well, first of all, it's hard to actually recognize that you've made the mistake. It's harder. It's, it, it's initially harder to admit to it. It's actually easier in the end if you admit to it. Right. But it's harder in the beginning because you, you know, there's this feeling it's like you have to admit and, and not admitting is, is, is actually blaming, right? If you oh, I'm not admitting to this, I did this because of X, Y, and Z. And when you blame you, you take your power away of ever making that change because if, if you can, blame it on something else. That means you can't do anything about it. However, if you take responsibility, that means you are able to take action towards it. And if you take that action, you can make the necessary changes. Blame, as you said, five minutes ago, blame does not assist you. It does not serve you. The more that you can admit to the mistakes, recognize mistakes, be aware of those mistakes, be accountable for those mistakes, be responsible and take action, Life gets to change. Life gets to grow and you get to enjoy it more. You get to grow more and you become a better person. And when it becomes about you becoming successful, you achieving your dreams, you don't have to change your core, but you do have to transform into the greatest version of yourself that you can be in order for you to get that success. And, and you will never be able to do that if you blame someone else or blame a circumstance or even blame this lockdown for your lack of success or why you failed or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Like I've been totally derailed with my projects um, because of my parents move and I have a deadline on these projects. So I'm just going to have to play a whole lot of catch up. Mm -hmm. But, and I could sit there and think to myself, well, this is just unfair and this sucks. And this is something outside of my circumstance. I'm the only one who can help them. So I have to, even if I didn't want to, which obviously I do want to, um, but you know, I have all this stuff. I'm super behind. Um, it, it costs me money every minute that I'm behind, um, at a time when it's not a great time to have anything costing you money. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just have so many more responsibilities on my plate than I normally do. And I could sit there and go, whatever, but I just know that, okay, well, this will finish up this week. And then I now have an opportunity to prove to myself how awesome I am by catching up real quick. Right. But that was a thought that came to me yesterday. Before that, I was like, oh crap, I'm going to be so behind. Oh my God. How am I going to catch How am I, this is terrible. I just feel like crap. Like I was just really in my head about it. <laughs> like yeah. I was just really spiraling with it. I'm also just exhausted. Right. So I'm like, I was just spiraling. And then I just thought, but you know what, though? This is really just an opportunity for me to show myself how badass I am. Oh, right? absolutely. Like <laughs> because when, when, you do, when you start to become responsible and you start seeing that progress, yeah. you become very confident and you become much more powerful. You realize, yes, you are a badass. And yeah, you can do this. You've done worse things or you've, you, yeah. you've done tougher things in the past. And you're going to recognize mm -hmm. that. And then this is something that I, that I say to a lot of people and some, and I say to myself a lot when I come into these tough times and said, so, you know, there are people that have gotten through this people that have less education than me, that aren't as smart as I am, that aren't as healthy as I am, that, you know, that have everything stacked against them and they did it. All right. There's yeah. people like that, that don't know how to read that are uglier than me, that they have all these, you know, excuses they, that they could have used, but they still got through whatever their situation was, which was so much worse than what I'm, whatever I'm facing right now. And the same goes for everyone on the planet. There's someone yeah. else that gone through something worse and they, you know, for whatever reason they were able to do it and they were not as equipped as you are. Yeah. 
And that's not to say that like you shouldn't be feeling the things that you're feeling, but the whole reason you're feeling them is to find your way around and through them. Right. Yes. And so yeah, so some some parents right now they're home with their kids and it's crazy. But there's also parents who work three jobs <laughs> all the yeah. time, oh. sustainably, right? And horrible things like that. So, and it's, it's not to say, oh, well, you're just not as cool as they are. Like, I am exhausted and I'm not watching any kid. Like, my kid's fully functional um, on her own. So, you know, and, and I thank God, too, because I've been busy. So, it, it'd be crazy. But you also have to now go, okay, well, if this isn't sustainable, how do I make it sustainable? Like, because some people's kids need to be entertained every second right? Like they need somebody every second. Like my kid, I could, when she was little, I taught her mommy needs mommy's time. So if I had a friend come over or something, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to hang out with her. You take your crayons, go do something else. And she'd go, okay. And she would leave and go into another room and play by herself for an hour or two. And then she'd come out and be like, I'm hungry. And I'd be like, okay, <laughs> you know, but, and some of the other moms were like, how do you get her to leave you alone? And I was like, I taught her to, I taught her that mommy's allowed to have time. Right. <laughs> so sometimes it's just about, well, if, if you're on top of them all the time, then they're going to need you to be on top of them all the time. Right. Like you need, and it's, it's going to be a variant. Cause you have some kids that you, you can't leave alone cause they're just going to light stuff on fire. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's not a, it's not a one size fits all. Right. Yeah, every every not child, a, it's not a one size every situation fits all. is different, but you'd be absolutely amazed at how much, your rearing matters and how difference in your approach and the way that you do things will change the way your child works, but you have like, or responds to you and the way that they are in the world. Uh, because again, and I think I've mentioned this before, you know, they used to have tons of uh, friends and they were all labeled as ADHD um, or ADD, but not when they were at my house. Wow. They were completely fine when they were at my house, they came in, I told them what the rules of the house were. I told them if they are okay with the rules, then we have a good time. If they're not okay, then we won't have a good time. And if they're real bad about it, they don't get to come back. And it just calmed them. Like you could actually see them walk in the door and just go, I know what my boundaries are and just like relax. And then they would just go play for hours. And then, you know, we'd be sitting there and the mom's all agitated. I'm like, what? She kept going to check on them. I'm like they're fine. Like until we hear somebody crying, they're all right. She goes, not my kid. I said, well, apparently so though. Right. But then you go to their house and they're fed full of sugar and they're running around and no one's doing anything and they're screaming, they're yelling and they're knocking things and nobody does anything. Right. So, and it's because parents get tired, right? They get tired because discipline is constant. Like the, the rearing of your child is this constant thing. Like a kid needs to be reminded of something until they get it. And they might need to be reminded a thousand times. It's your job to constantly remind them and it's tiring. So sometimes you're just like, whatever, just scream, right? But if you if you take that approach, then that builds, right? That And that builds on itself till you get yourself to a place where you're like, oh, crap, I'm way in over my head. Now I don't know how to get out because now it's a whole new strategy to get out, right? So, so if your kids are little, start now. <laughs> okay. What would you say, you know, because we, we got this concept, responsibility versus blaming, mm -hmm. and we're ta especially talking during the parenting, but even otherwise – what would you say for someone that, that's listening to this and to get in this realization, wow, I have been blaming, I haven't been responsible, or maybe not I haven't been responsible, but I could be more responsible. I should be more responsible. Yeah. It's action step number one. And then after action step number one, let's move on to the next topic because I know that Yeah, well, action step is, is always, you know, um, <laughs> first step is admitting you have a problem. So that's, that's mm -hmm. definitely number one. Number two is sit down and 
you just literally make a list of all the things that is making your life help, right? Like what is not working? And then you have to address those things. And those things will be addressed differently depending on the age of your child. The younger your child is, uh, the more crying you're going to hear about it because that's how they're, and probably if that's their mode of communication anyway, and that's how they get stuff. Um, if you ever watched, what is it? Is it like Super Nanny or something? I think she's got, she's on oh. YouTube or Netflix. Watch her. If you're having trouble getting your kid to bed um, or uh, picky eaters or anything like that, honestly, she's fantastic. She's absolutely fantastic. But a lot of getting a kid to bed, like if that's your issue, you can't get them to bed. It's a lot of continuously putting them back to bed wordlessly and letting them cry and maybe even sleep in the hall if that's where you find them in the morning. Uh, but you're not engaging. When a child is misbehaving, you don't engage. They're doing it for attention. So if you do not give them that attention, then it, it falls flat. The trouble is, is by the time they're screaming and they're screaming and they're screaming, at some point you're going to turn around and scream back and then, oh, they got what they wanted. That's what they wanted. So you have to deprive them of um, everything that anyone does is based on a motivation, right? There's a payoff for what they're doing. You have to take away the payoff. You have to change where they get the payoff. So the payoff has to switch from, okay, when you yell and scream and you behave badly, you no longer get my attention. So that doesn't get to be the payoff anymore. Because a lot of times kids will just misbehave for attention. They just, you know, if they're behaving, you kind of ignore them because you're like, oh, thank God, I finally got a minute. <laughs> and, uh, and then they're like, no, I want some attention. So they'll start behaving badly. So gotcha. you have to change the payoff to, okay, you didn't whine. Now you get a treat. Okay, you listen to me. Okay, that's great. Now you get to have what you want, right? The, all the payoffs, you only get attention when you're behaving well, not bad, right? Um, so you've got to change the payoff. Kids are just little capitalists. They're just doing things. <laughs> they're just doing it for the money. So yeah, you just have to figure funny. out what their currency is and, um, and then, you know, bribe them with it. In, in the direction of what you want. <laughs> yes, so like I got in my you. house, like in my house, there was a no whining rule. You cannot whine. If you whine, you get the opposite of what you want, period. The end. Non-negotiable. Mm. So guess who didn't whine in my house? Everyone. <laughs> no one whined at my house. Because if they asked nicely, they would generally get what they wanted. If sure. they didn't, then they didn't get it 100%. And you just make it known. <laughs> like make it known to them. If they're older, you're going to have to have a conversation with them. If they're older, you're going to have to sit down and go, I, I don't like the way things are going. Do, do you like it? Does it feel good to you that, you know, we're reacting and responding to each other in this way? Like you, you, you're going to have to make them part of it um, once they're cognitively able. And that's generally over the age of eight, I would say. Um, you're going to have to make them a part of it. I mean, it, I mean, it depends on like uh, the intellectual level of your child too. If they're emotionally in a place where they can understand what you're talking about. You can start younger, obviously. Um, so, you know, gauge that one for yourself. But generally around eight, they have their more independent mind. Um, and so they'll start misbehaving differently. Um, but you're going to probably um, apologize because it's your doing, right? You created the chaos, not them. Um, and make a plan. And then you stick to it. You have to be disciplined. With anything in life, you have to be disciplined because discipline is an antidote to regret. Um, and so you have to just do it over and over until it works. If you give up, it's like with the law of attraction, people just give up too quickly. They don't get what they want because they give up too quickly, right? They, they look around, they say, I tried to make this change and it didn't work. So it's never going to work. And I'm just going to have to go back to my life of awfulness or chaos or whatever I'm doing. Right. But like, 
with parenting, that kid's going to be there every day. (laughs) So you don't, you don't have the space or time to let that just go. Like that's not going to work. Like you're going to live in that chaos forever unless you get real disciplined about it. Cause you can't expect something of your kid that you don't expect of yourself. That's unreasonable. Yeah. This doesn't make sense. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. And part two will be in the next podcast. All right. See you soon. You've been listening to your universe reset, unlocking your life during lockdown. Music provided by Purple Planet Music.